You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. It's either season, well, it's season eight. That's one thing. Yep, we can agree on. It's either episode nine or ten or nine and a half, depending on whether you realise we never got one out last week. So, uh, I'm John, I'm your host, and I'm joined by John and Chris, how are you doing? Hello. <laughs> so, unusually for the week, we're recording this on a Thursday. I don't know if we've ever recorded a podcast on a Thursday before. Not that I remember. Um, I remember a Friday one before, um, between Christmas and New Year, but I've never done one on a Thursday. So I, thankfully, I mean, nothing eventful has happened this week, so um, we can just get by and preview the weekend games. Aye, <laughs> mm. so, but going to go a bit back to front because the League Cup's a bit fresher in the mind, and obviously with the events that have transpired today and yeah. the decision made, it's, well, it's first time since, what, 1983? That Rangers and Celtic playing Glasgow on the same day, apart from them playing each other in a, a game. All right, I think it was 1983. Okay, <laughs> keep it right. Seen it somewhere. Seen it somewhere. Um, so yes, Tuesday night there was one cup tie. Aberdeen went through. We'll talk about the game. Uh, the other ties: Hearts, Celtic, Rangers all went through. Yeah, and then. Now, it's not as if no known about the Europa League dates and all that, the possibility that Scottish clubs might get into Europa League grape stages. It's not as rare for two teams to be in it. Ah, yeah, I mean, there was a good chance three of these four teams could have been in the Europa League grape stages. Yes. Um, so, there's games scheduled for the Thursday before the weekend of the Betfred Cup. Yep. Semi-finals. And we've ended up with a situation whereby... Celtic and Rangers qualified for your group stages as we all know mm-hmm. and then we're thinking yep so Saturday, Sunday hmm oh wait a minute how's that going to work one team only having a rest a 24 hours or so a day's rest well <laughs> folk are getting their two days rest however we've got two games at Hamden on the same day <laughs> in, in October we are, the weather's great in Scotland Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, if we think of the amount of problems there is with a situation, weather is one. Yep. We can all take turns. Let's all, let's do a, what do you call it? It's like a, a board and we'll put down a bubble board. What's the very awful ideas we can come up with this one? Yes. Um, uh-huh. I'm going to I'm going to go with the train times. Because yep. the Aberdeen to Glasgow train doesn't get into Queen Street until 12.14, 14 minutes after kick-off. Yep. Yep. Thanks for reading my tweet, Chris. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, but that's just getting into Queen Street at quarter past 12, providing there's no Aye, delays. You need to get to Hamden, yeah. yep. Hamden, which is at least another 20 minutes or so. Aye, so they might get last minute five minutes Aye. in the first half at best. <laughs> oh. hey, right, John, your turn. Um, <laughs> where's the best start? I mean, I know the SPFL are saying that they're contractually obliged to play these games at Hamden. Surely there's a way that you can get out of it um, for 
logistical reasons. The logic, the, the most logical thing would have been have one of the games at Murrayfield, one of the games at Hamden, one kick off at twelve, finish before three o'clock, the other one kicking off at three o'clock, and that'd be end of story. Um, but no, this is Scottish football. We like to complicate things. Um, well, the people that run our game like to complicate things. And I've just seen the last few minutes as um, we were setting up to record. Aberdeen have put a, a, a short statement displaying their discontent somewhat. Yep. Aye. Uh, a strong, well, I wouldn't say overly strong. I think it's, been, it's, it's fairly strong, but also uh, trying to not maybe not get into trouble. But it's accurate. It's accurate. Um, well, it is accurate. Um, so that's your one, right? So we've got another one, uh, policing. So supposedly uh, Hamden, folk at Hamden and the police have spoken and it's all okay. Neil Doncaster wasn't at the meeting. I don't know. He, he's, he, he wasn't there, so he doesn't know what's happened. He's a resident scapegoat. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I've seen his interview earlier. So there, there's another one, uh, Chris. Um, well, I suppose one of the problems would be that we're going to have Aberdeen and Rangers fans early on Maybe hanging about, waiting in the Celtic Hearts fans turning up, getting a few bevies. The Celtic fans and Hearts fans are waiting bevied as it is. Um, there might be just a small chance of trouble. <laughs> yep. Uh, John? <laughs> well, one of my mates has uh, sent a text about this, um, saying, what happens if it goes extra time penalties? Um, the Celtic and Hearts just say, right, time's up, lads, we're on next. <laughs> Aye, winner stays on. Aye. <laughs> Yeah. Do the, do it. Uh, no, usually, usually, actually, you, usually you get called in when when it goes when it gets dark. Well, at least they've got floodlights, but uh, it depends what time they're, they're allowed to use them till. We football should all on the, the same day. Uh, just football. schedule the final for one o'clock in the morning. Football festival. <laughs> just, we'll just play it off. Like 10 at 60s still. Yes. Aye. Well, we, we should all get a quarter of the stadium. Aye. Quarter <laughs> of the stadium. Um, the games are in two halves of the pitch. <laughs> uh, oh, it there's, means. there's goals be- there's goals behind the goal goals at the side of the goal and just basically as many goals as you can score aye. when it takes all aye but how many games are going to be delayed because of the whole boing at least we can laugh about it a wee bit but yeah I mean I, I, the train situation on both sides um, because you've got Celtic and Hearts kicking off at 7.45 if that game goes to extra time penalties then what's the schedule like the following week is there any midweek games after that yes there I think there's a midweek card yeah. which is causing issue but then Celtic and Hearts play each other in the league the following week is that right yeah Parkhead this was another thing I changed suggested scrub that game instead so Celtic play the Motherwell on the Sunday, as is scheduled, and then they play Celtic Hearts in the League Cup semi-final the second weekend. Instead of playing uh, them both the same weekend, just play them two separate weekends. Or just, play, or just play the game and it decides for both ends. <laughs> League game and, aye. Just aye. League game and the, the League Cup game. Um, I mean, there's probably, there's probably plenty of other things. See, going to your police um, Scotland thing, they, they say that um, they, they say it, the, the two games got to be played in the same. They're okay for the two games to be played in the same day for for quite big um, supporters being the same set in the same day, um, but they don't want 
Celtic and Rangers to play each other to decide who wins the league title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what was it? There was the one as well. Was it no Rangers and Partick Thistle were supposed to play each other, or Celtic and Partick Thistle? And there was another game scheduled the same day, and that was not allowed. Aye, aye, they don't let Celtic and Rangers play each other at home. Uh, play at home on the same day. Um, yep. So, but it's okay for four sets of fans to go to the one stadium on the same day yeah. with quite big supports. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least I suppose they're trying to do their best to eliminate the Aberdeen support come down by the the train times. But I know that people are saying you can just arrange supporters buses. Do you know what it's like getting out of Hamden on public transport um, and even by car? It's a nightmare. But how many supporters buses would be required as well? Aye. Mount Florida and Torrey Glen is going to be absolutely chocker that day. Um, there's also you, the situation. You're lucky at one situation, though, because you usually get to go first, so the pitch would be in a better nick than when Celtic and it later on. Yeah. Which, of course, I mean, there'll be no complaints about the grass being too long because usually we'll have kicked it off by then. Well, there's been that much flying about in terms of humour about it as well, because I think in light of these situations, you need maybe have a sense of humour or laugh. The, the talk is that whoever wins the game just going to like sit and protest and just stay. We will not be moved type thing. Um, <laughs> and see what happens. So I've seen that as well. I've seen the anchor man clip when it's all the... That's the fighting. All right. the different guys. <laughs> right. um, um, oh, I, and we like a bit of wrestling, so a Royal Rumble um, yep. as well. Just have a Royal Rumble or Hell in a Cell, whatever. Um, Right, so start start with Rangers Aberdeen, and then after ten minutes, you have to come on, and then after ten minutes, later, Hearts come on. And... No. <laughs> Can you imagine if it been Hibs? If Hibs had beat Aberdeen? Oh, I know. <laughs> the Betfred Cup Royal Rumble. There's your title right there. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I'd say the other thing, um, in the Rangers Aberdeen game. Let, let's be honest. Neither sets of supporters like each other. Um, and there will be yeah, and there will be a few fans that won't be happy um, at the end of the game and might take their anger out on things inside the stadium so can you imagine for example Rangers at the West End of the stadium um, and they break seats if their team gets beat and then the Hearts fans come and say where the hell's our seats mm-hmm. there's no time to repair it yeah or, or at least Stan Celtic uh-huh. fans complaining that the toilets have been wrecked and that type of thing. It's just... Aye. Brilliant Scottish football. Uh, well, decided. SPFL. Aye. Mm-hmm. You know, still it'll be there. We wonder what will happen with ticket split for it. Um, I've seen suggestions as well saying that, well, this means that, for example, the first game and potentially the second game, you're going to end up with far more Rangers fans and Aberdeen fans and Celtic fans and Hearts fans. So then in terms of when it comes to the final and say it was Celtic against Aberdeen or Rangers versus Hearts, that Celtic or Rangers get more tickets because Aberdeen fans or Hearts fans haven't turned up due to... The but they never do that. They never really take the semi-final into account when it comes to the... the Usually so, so I wouldn't worry too much about that one, uh, especially since this is a ridiculous situation and uh, the, what you said earlier, they're always trying to keep Aberdeen fans away by making it so early. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Hearts fans always that will find it easy to get back to Edinburgh either. No. At least there's trains at more regular times, 
you know, they should be able to make the Aye. last train Aye, home. It's a, it's a Sunday, though. I agree. No, I do agree. It's, it's, service isn't, isn't great. Yeah, it's still ridiculous, but at least, um, you know, they'll get back home um, at a reasonable time and not have to stay overnight, whereas Aberdeen fans will have to come and you know, basically take an overnight train or um, or leave at five in the morning or cars and buses or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, was it October the 28th? Yeah, 28th October. So, me, me and you are finished, so, if the game finishes in time, you're talking half nine, time you get back into Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Could be. I, I've, been to, I've been to Scotland games at Hamden and I reckon there was a train about maybe 11-ish I was trying to get and I was struggling for it. Mm-hmm. In terms of relying on transport to get back in I think we ended up hot footing and yeah. walking um, sometimes so mm-hmm. Glasgow to Edinburgh on a Sunday train wise you've got one at 10.15 one at 10.45 one at 11.15 mm-hmm. so if it goes to extra time and penalties you're adding on maybe that's another uh, but that's another thing they've not considered is the transport you could, be, you could be half 10 before the game's finished Mm-hmm. Aye. So how do you then get the Hearts fans and Celtic fans actually as well? Because there's Celtic fans from elsewhere oh, as well. Aye, exactly. Back into back into Glasgow wherever they're going, yeah. um, or anywhere else for that matter. Aye, cause you guarantee like this mad situation, they won't lay on extra transport like they should do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if they were going if they were going to do this, they should be getting in touch with ScotRail as well, and ScotRail yeah. should be helping them with uh, extra trains and earlier trains for Aberdeen fans getting but, done, later trains for the Hearts fans getting home. Yeah. But Scott Scott will only do that after getting money out of it. And are the SPFL prepared to pay the money for it? I doubt it. No, I suppose you could ask Valley Hockey to get him on again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is as well, <clears throat> semi-finals, I think, if they were scheduled at decent time, I would say both would be sellouts. Mm-hmm. Will they still be sellouts? I, I, don't, well, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's already sort of murmurs of this is ridiculous, this is where we take a stand kind of thing that I've seen mentioned on Twitter today. Um, so I don't know how much that'll happen. I think the fans will still want to turn up. Yeah. Two big games. Let's mm-hmm. face it, you're looking to try and get to a cup final. You're playing a pretty big rival, no matter what mm-hmm. team you're playing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's two massive games. People are going to want to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Aberdeen will take it. Um, we'll still manage to get some of the scenes Ten and 15,000. There'll be more that want to go because they're playing Rangers. Not like when we played Morton a couple of years ago at a similar time this Saturday. Um, what was it? 12,000 Aberdeen fans that day. Um, but I think this time, because it's Rangers, they'll be more wanting to make a, an effort to go. Um, so wait and see. But I, I don't see Aberdeen selling out their allocation because um, it's always the way with semi-finals and finals. There's always a bigger demand for the final than there is the semi-final. And I imagine... Hearts and Celtic might be similar, but I think there's a bigger chance of a Hearts, um, a bigger Hearts crowd and a bigger Aberdeen crowd, because they've not got as far to travel. Yeah. <sighs> Should we talk about the games? Yeah. Aye. Tuesday. Well, go back to Tuesday. Start the oh. Tuesday night, aye. Because um, it was a an entertaining game. I sat and watched it most of aye, it. it um, and to be honest, I think. Hibs were probably a better team in the two. I think you guys would probably agree with that. Yeah. Um, they, they certainly had the better oh, chances. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, mean, I think most people 
would say that Hibs were definitely the better team, but yeah, couldn't take our chances and we mm-hmm. got a bit lucky that they didn't have their shooting boots on. Yeah. Saying that though, we had some pretty decent chances ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't. We've, we've not been creating a lot of chances maybe um, this season, but I would say in that game there was maybe. I mean, if that game had finished maybe four all, five four, whatever. I don't think anyone would have had yeah. an island. There was that yeah. many chances, like good chances. Mm-hmm. I think the two that Stephen May had that probably just sums up the lad's confidence just now. Um, Hit a penalty well though. He did. He certainly did, and I, I had a fear that he was going to miss and be the fall guy because that's just the way things have been going but he stuck it away very well um, yeah there was some good penalties so they've obviously been watching highlights of our charity game um, <laughs> <laughs> just thought I'd get that back in since we didn't get to well, McInnes touched on it McKin- I mean our, our record in penalties under McInnes is tremendous yeah um, four out of four won that trophy aye I was on the occasion yeah. Um, but yeah I mean he spoke about mental strength in terms of folk hitting penalties and that side of things. I mean, if you look at the kind of past as well, in terms of maybe looking at international football, Germany, penalties. Yeah. Rarely, I think, Germany losing penalties. Oh, we're on the flip side. England struggle with, penalty, struggle with penalties. Yeah. I th- the, the strangest part for me about the penalty shootout was who missed. I mean, it was two dead ball specialists that missed. Mallon and McGinn. Yeah, McGinn, yeah. McGinn missed his last. Yeah, he did. Um, he missed his most recent penalty in the, that game against Command that we beat them last season in the yeah. Scottish Cup. Um, so I don't. It's strange because his first season with Aberdeen, especially, he was scoring penalties for fun, and last two have been pretty poor. Um, and that one, he was just so indecisive, and Bogdan made the save. But luckily, um, was it Ajipong? Is that the boy who missed the penalty in the end for yeah, Hibs? Yeah. Uh, he was. He just went a wee bit too high, and luckily for us, we get through. Did Lewis get a touch in that? Some people suggested he got a touch, but I don't think he did. I don't think so. I think it was, it was reach. I thought. It was, I thought. I mean, it was. It was almost a well hit penalty. Um, but that's a risky take when you go high. That you're not gonna. It's gonna be too high. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it was one that Whitaker hit that Lewis was unfortunate with. Gets hand to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought. I thought for a second he'd kept that out, but. Because that's the majority was... of them. The, the keeper went the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. one, two, three. Actually, it was one, one, two, three. Think maybe I think about seven out of the penalties. Keeper went the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I, never, I, just, I, would, I I've never taken a bigger note in anything for that game. <laughs> um, but the penalties, I just thought. I've always got. A, the thing about penalties, it used to always be, I thought, left footers were not as good at penalties, but then there's less left footers usually hitting penalties as well. Mm-hmm. I think it worked out, and that's why it's not, not the case. Yeah. Just seemed that happening with a wee guy. What I will say about the game itself, I mean, we've obviously known that Hibs were um, probably the better team. Um, I don't think our tactics were brilliant. We tried to go in with the back three, um, and it didn't it didn't work for me, because I also thought that Shinny and Ball were swamped in that midfield area. Uh, I was quite surprised we didn't put someone else in. It was only when Forrester came on uh, for uh, Wilson that we actually sorted yeah. out a wee bit. But um, what I will say, I mean, defensively we were okay, although Hibs did get a good few chances. But we're going to have to play a lot better than that. Um, we're still trying to click just now. We're still trying to find out our best team. Um, nothing really stuck up front. I thought Cosgrove was really poor. Um, it, I, I would like to see Wilson and... Um, and may get a run out together because 
we've been saying for ages, Stephen May is better as part of a front two than on his own. And he's not been tried as part of front two since he's come to Aberdeen. Because um, the only time him and Rooney won the pitch together, Rooney was playing as a left winger. Um, so, yeah. But we're still trying to click, and I know we're trying to sign Steve Ireland, apparently, which is a bit of a well, strange one. <laughs> I will come on to that. But see, going back to the, the two up front situation, the problem is, I think, as well, this season, but our chopping and changing that much, maybe you can say that I Cosgrove maybe never played well. I think at times he links the play up well and stuff like that. I think the problem was that. Wilson and Cosgrove didn't really link together um, that much and you also had at times we were a, a three up front at times I thought we were a one up front if we were mm-hmm. tracking back at times Wilson was having to step back into midfield to help out as you are saying about Shinny and Ball um, getting kind of maybe dominated a wee bit though Shinny was I thought really good as always I mean even at extra time he was still his stamina was as good as the first minute I think mm-hmm. um, so in ter- I don't know, uh, in terms of maybe kind of chop it, we've maybe not had a, a settled lineup because of, as we've said before, injury suspensions in the league, and then Wilson's not been fit properly until the last couple of games in terms of starting. I thought Wilson looked lively, quick feet, um, decent size. I think with March, Matt Sharpness, I think he'll, he should be certainly among the goals if he can stay fit. Yeah, I agree. He took his goal against Wallow uh, at the weekend very well. Um, with good because, movement. Yeah. I mean, I like the Stephen May conundrum. We've mentioned before, but every, every Aberdeen fan wants Stephen May to do well. No one's wanting him not to do well. However, if you're playing a two up front, and it's maybe not, doesn't happen as much, but generally you'll have a target man and you'll have someone playing off him. Much as Wilson has got a bit of a presence about him, I don't know whether he would be a target man as such. doesn't have to be like that. But I'm just thinking back to a lot of partnerships when you've had the likes of Sutton and Sheer in the past. I know that's going back a long way. McCoy and Hatley or McCoy and Johnston. Mm-hmm. I think other ones, but yeah, I can add maybe a couple that I can think stand out from a while back. You look at maybe Motherwell, not as a great, maybe the greatest partnership, but towards the end of last season, Bowman and Maine were doing pretty well t- together. Um, Hartson and Larson or Sutton and Larson yep so mm-hmm. Fenner got a hair strike McDonald was a good partnership as well yeah, yeah. Um, so and, I'm, not, uh, I'm not, averse, not averse to it um, Wilson and maybe maybe we need to go right these are my guys if I'm going to play 4-4-2 or whatever I'm playing these are the two and that let's go for a few games mm-hmm. and see how it goes because I don't know you don't know how much in terms of training that Wilson's done um, in terms of getting the partnership together yeah these partnerships need time to develop it's not you can't just fling two people together and think well, well actually <laughs> sat in the last and seem to work quite well that way um, but yeah I mean, more often than not you need the time for the, the, the partnership to develop you get it in training obviously but you need the, the game time as well Yeah. Been, I'm interested to see if Celtic follow suit actually because they did it on Wednesday night against St Johnston they played both Edward and Griffiths um, I wasn't Overly enthusiastic about how it worked. Um, I don't think that's the problem for Celtic at the moment. I think they're struggling to create rather than anything that the strikers are doing. Yeah, that's uh, our problem. Is I would say struggling to create. Though we did create yeah. more chances all night. Um, it's, it's funny the two so, games I watched. It was almost it was almost identical problems because obviously the, the Aberdeen Hibs game was the, the Tuesday night. Uh, Justice Celtic was the 
the Wednesday night, and it was Aberdeen didn't want to create much. Celtic didn't want to create much. The only difference was Hibs had more of the, the chances and more of the ball, whereas Celtic had all the ball and didn't really want to do much of it. Yeah, I think one of the big problems we faced as well is the pace of Boyle. In terms of, do you try and highline deep or whatever? Because obviously there was a couple of occasions it was pretty close in terms of offside goals. Probably the first one more so than the second. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something we did struggle with a bit. I think that's why we yeah, tried playing it, but we're through. We got through. Yeah. Um, so. Aye, that's, that's the bottom line. It's People yeah. forget about that year that we, we won the League Cup. We were talking about penalty shouts. Um, the first round that we played, we played Allo. It was a 0-0 draw and we won in penalties that night. A lot of people don't remember yeah. that, but we got through. Yeah. And either win the competition. Um, not so it's just proof of point. You don't need to remember the earlier rounds as long as you continue getting through the, the tournament and get to the final right. and then win the final. Mm-hmm. Everybody um, remembers that. Yeah. I mean, in terms of chances, we were being created. Ball, free kick off the bar. It was a two in May. I think McGinn had a good one. Mackay Steven had a fairly decent one. Contadine. And maybe mm-hmm. about six or seven chances. But yeah, I mean, Hibs must have had about ten or so yeah. clear ones. Um, Steve Ballin as well with free kicks again but he can hit from anywhere there was one I think he hit it must have been about more than 35 yards out just yeah. went over the bar it wasn't far away yeah. it definitely wasn't um, but in terms of creativity as well because you're talking about the Celtic game as well I think the problem is if you get nothing much in the middle creativity wise you're fairly predictable in terms of it's going down the wings for the creativity yeah. mm-hmm. or coming from deep with yeah, balls target man or whatever if you've got good centre half so you can cut out most of the stuff that comes from wide so which I, I mean I've seen week in week out with Celtic recently just more often than not the, the centre half are cutting it out you do get occasional I mean we're not going to go too much and talk about the weekend but you get the occasional goal from uh, ridiculous uh, poorly headed clearances and then you kick the ball off your own bar and then you get something like Griffiths at the top of the point or head the point in the net um, but more often than not everything gets cleared um, the, the number of corners I've seen Celtic have in the recent months which just get lumped into the box and get cleared because the defenders are better at getting on it than the, the strikers Celtic's biggest goal threat from a corner is Dedrick Boyata he'll <laughs> um, be suspended even, for the semi and he's suspended for the semi because um, I'm not sure who lost the plot more, Boyata or Beaton. Um, I'm not defending Boyata in any way, shape or form, but um, it's not unheard of for players to be sent off for dissent. Um, for, well, actually, it's, it's full and abusive language towards the official. Um, it is, it's in the book. It's a red card. Um, so if that's what Boyata's done, then no argument with me, it's a red card. Um, but it looked pretty ridiculous the way Beaton did it because he was holding a yellow card as if he was going to book him or maybe he was going to book the St. Johnson player that had put the studs into Lustig he never did that though so I don't know um, but he's talking to Brown at the time saying I'm going to send him off well he's still holding a yellow card and then Boyata continues his tirade and Beaton just loses it it's it's very unprofessional for the referee actually he just, he, he's clearly angry and just goes to the red card and shows it there's no argument from Bayata, he just walks off. I would love to know what Bayata was complaining about, though. Because something obviously happened just before it. Um, I think he got 
some tackle in the centre of the park that yeah. I never really seen. Um, but he was clearly incensed by it that the referee had let it go. Um, and it's it's weird. I mean, if you look at the statistics of that game, the foul count is like 17 fouls for St Johnson and only five for Celtic, despite Celtic having like 60 odd percent of possession. It's just, it's a very it's a very skewed game from the from the referee's perspective. But again, not argument for me. If he's if he's been filling abusive language towards the official, then it's a red card. He has to go. He's suspended for the, the semi final. The fact that it's come when Ayers went off in that game injured and Hendry's had to come on. Uh, Benkovic got injured in the warm-up at Rugby Park uh, and Hendry had to go that game as well. We've already really got Hendry fit for this game if neither of those two are ready to come back. We've still got Simonovic kicking about um, and I don't know where he's injured. Technically we've got Marvin Gomper but I think I've played about as much for Celtic as he has. Um, so it's, it's it's going to be tricky to, to determine exactly where these <laughs> we're going to play the centre of the, the defence. Your beaton might be ready at some point soon. I don't know. Um, the good news for us is the guy that got the goal for Hearts the last time we played them and they won one 0 and it's now at Rangers. Can't laugh at it. Um, the bad news is they seem to have replaced quite well uh, and Hearts are flying at the moment. There's no. There's no dispute yeah. that. They, they, they drew against Livingston at the weekend, which meant their 100% record's gone, but it still wasn't a defeat. They're still five points going at the top of the league. They're in the League Cup semi final because they managed to. They came from behind against Motherwell on Wednesday night. They were 1 0 done at one point, um, and then 2 1 up, and then 3 2 right at the death, and then somebody managed to get off fourth. Um, so, they're scoring yeah. goals for fun, Hearts. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty clear. So, a, a, a free scoring Hearts against a Celtic with. A makeshift defence just about every week at the moment is going to be a, a very tasty time, dude. Suppose at least you've got a wee bit of time um, for the, the semi final, but I likewise yeah. concern. Uh, yeah. The result so far, Livingston was good. We'll, talk, we'll say if we do come into league matches at all, Livingston still only lost one game. Yeah, going very well and still unbeaten under Gary Holt. Um, in fact, I think that's their first points dropped under Gary Holt and it's not exactly a bad yeah. one. And they could have won that game. No, um, exactly. <laughs> the chance Pittman had but the ball's played too close and he can't get out of his feet. Um, but a good save by Liam Kelly from uh, the penalty as well uh, for Naismith because it's low and hard, not quite enough in the corner but the keeper still did very, very well to get down so quickly and, and save it. Um, but come back to go. I was just on, on Livingston, a very good point I seen made uh, the other day was considering how Celtic have started the season, obviously they're the team everybody wants to beat, they're the champions. Celtic comprehensively beat Livingston in the open day of the season. They comprehensively beat Rangers, although it was only 1 0. It was a very one sided 1 0. Both Rangers and Livingston are ahead of Celtic in the table at the moment because Rangers and Livingston are more consistent. Celtic's consistency appears to be being rubbish away from home at the moment. They've only taken one point for nine. Struggling for goals. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Rangers, again, like I said, Hearts are free scoring. Um, Rangers are free scoring as well. The two of them have got a goal difference of plus nine. I mean, Celtic's goal difference is plus two. They're yeah. actually behind Kamarnock on goal difference. Aye. You, you, think- you mentioned earlier about Hearts and Lafferty. Obviously, in the, 
he's going to be susp- uh, well, he's unavailable obviously for Rangers, and then yeah, is mean, suspended. This is the, this is the, the the benefit for Aberdeen. Well, you could say it's a benefit, but they already Aberdeen already struggled against Rangers with no strikers. Um, but yeah, Lafferty's cup tied. What else is suspended? I'm interested to see who they play. Is it Sadiq? I think the guy's the, name is the boy to Roma. Apparently not ready in any way, shape, or form. So he's got about months to get ready because yeah. he seems to be doing the other option. Um, that, like I say, that might help Aberdeen. But we saw at Pitodri that when Morales set off pretty early, Rangers were still pretty good in that game. Yeah. Um, and obviously they get the goal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's about more to Rangers playing now though than just what's up front. So yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's I, not just Morales. I mean, the boy Madden, he seems to be getting the uh, the goals just recently. So um, certainly there, yeah, you've always got to have near for the penalty spot for when they get their inevitable penalty. Off he gets. Um, a good goal scorer eh? from midfield as well. Arfield, he's chipped in by a couple so far. So, Lawrence is back. Mm-hmm. Um, Gerard spoke quite highly of him in terms of his experience and what he can bring. The boy Kent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, I, we haven't really spoke about it because we didn't because we're later in the week here, um, and it seems like ages ago now. But it was two good results for uh, Celtic Rangers in Europe as well last week. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, Villarreal were all over Rangers for most of that game. Um, Clearly led twice. They got the goal in the opening minute. Um, got pegged back to one each. Made it a little part squad again. Pegged back to two each. So, I mean, great result for Rangers. And it's probably their toughest game in that group. Or, on the other hand, Celtic, it's probably their easiest game in the group. Kind of struggled, but eventually get the, the, the only goal of the game through Griffiths. Um, popping up just towards the end of the game there. So, um, great result for Rangers. Good result for Celtic. I think Rangers probably get the. The, the better result there but it's two positive results first yeah. time Celtic have won a, an opening group catch as well um, it's funny that the Celtic's opening group game thing goes all the way back to like, the Champions League in 2001 where they were supposed to play Rosenberg in the opening day of the season mm-hmm. or the opening day of the, the Champions League group stages but it was supposed to be September 12th 2001 and because of what happened the day before the game got scrubbed um, and Celtic's opening game in that group was actually a way to Juventus <laughs> Um, and since then they played like Alborg and got a nineties draw and opened against Milan one game I think and opened against Barcelona another game and just never been able to win their opening group game until this season when Rosenberg final came out. It's funny how that mapped out. See, going back to um, that European game and the game in midweek, uh, a lot's been talked about Celtic's tactics. Um, I think part of your problem has been been trying too much to play McGregor and Rodic in the same team. I know in certain games last season it worked, but it's a lot of your play has been slow because of that, and I think you've lost someone you've not had a winger on, and in that game against Rosenberg, Brown and Sinclair and Mikey Johnson made a difference, and I think last night, mm-hmm. um, or Wednesday night, sorry, Lewis Morgan coming on for Edward made a bit of a difference, because yeah. um, I think you play better with two natural wingers, um, and you play with a lot more speed and a lot more power like he's did in that first season, and I think you've lost it somewhat, because McGregor and Rodgers just get in each other's way. Both excellent players, but trying yeah. too hard to incorporate them in the same pitch, I think it's having an effect, especially in these games. Uh, yeah, I agree. I thought that last Thursday, I was at the, the Rosenberg game, so I was able to watch it a bit better. Um, and yeah, McGregor was pushed out wide. Rogic wasn't really doing that. Um, I think we eventually took Rogic off and McGregor pushed in. That seemed to improve McGregor. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as the fact that we put Mikey Johnson out there and he was I mean he's still pretty raw Mikey Johnson but he's obviously got a bit of talent about him the manager's got a good bit of faith in him which is good to see 
and, it, and that game certainly did make a difference. Um, and like you say, Morgan coming on against St Johnson and uh, Wednesday night there made a difference for that game as well. So I agree. I, the, I think the problem is we don't have the faith in Scott Sinclair that we used to have. Um, and James Forrest this season hasn't been as good as he was last season. So we've been a bit we've been kind of struggling there a bit. I don't know if James Roberts, this is kind of James Roberts, James Forrest has reverted because Patrick Roberts isn't there. Do you think, so there's there's no a I think there's a possibility if Celtic do go with two up front more often that you could try Sinclair up front as opposed to wide? Mm. Not not as a main option, right? But, but going with like obviously Griffiths and Nuria shoes, Edward as well at times, you've you've only really got two senior strikers in the squad. It sounds like something that might work. You should maybe try, but it's a question of when would you try it? Because right now, what Celtic need to do is build a bit of momentum. Aye, that um, mean, that's the problem. Aye. They've obviously finally got their away win, which is the first away win since Alice Kerr in the, the opening day of the, the qualifying for Europe. Um, next up for Celtic's Aberdeen, which is going to be a tough game at Celtic Park, but it's at home, which should hopefully help Celtic a bit more. I don't know you guys want to agree with that. <laughs> Um, well, we won the last time. Mm-hmm. Aye, aye. Yeah, exactly. Aye, we can say that. Yeah. Used to yeah, be, yeah, we've not we, won for ages, and now we can say, aye. When was the last time you used at Park Edcast? Aye, me. Yeah, we, 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 we were lying down. <laughs> Remember? We, 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 we gobbed Rangers, and then lost to Habs and Aberdeen, who were both vying for that second spot. I mean, conspiracy theory, guys, come on. If you go by some of the aftermatch <laughs> comments of Scott Brown, etc., um, having digs at Shinny, you... Um, that was not a Celtic team was lying down that day. Maybe they didn't try as hard, but um, I think Aberdeen did well in the day. Um, It'll be an interesting counter because um, obviously it's the first time since that game the two have met. Um, Shinny was um, fortunate to stay in the park, I think. Um, and then there was the whole thing with Shea Logan at the end of the game as well. Um, and we know how popular Shea Logan is with the, the Celtic support. He's, he's popular with support, to be fair. Um, I... We love him, uh, but yeah, I think that's that. He's, he's Shea Logan's a decent player, and the kind of player you want in your team, and the kind of player that other teams don't like. Aye, yeah. I think he's get. I think he's getting a bit back to form as well. At times last year, they can maybe struggled, but I would say that he's been helped by the fact he's got Devlin inside him, and Devlin right. and McKenna are, are looking yeah fairly solid again. They're trying to build the partnership back up because McKenna's been been out, but. Having said that, I thought he struggled against what's the guy's name? Agipo. Mm-hmm. The, the guy who missed the penalty. Agipo. Oh, Agipo. Oh, aye, yeah. yeah he was right. tying him in knots at the end of the game. Well, like maybe the fresh legs was maybe a bit of a difference. That was part of it, yeah. And also as well, um, Mackay Stephen, I think, was dead on his feet in terms of trying to track back and McGinn. Yeah. Because at times they were kind of switching about. So, yeah. Um. You touched on earlier, I interrupted a wee bit, John, mm-hmm. I, the Stephen Ireland thing. I'm really not sure what I think of this one. Yeah, 10 years ago when he burst in the City team, um, when they started signing their stars, he, he was brilliant, scored goals for fun uh, for a while, um, then went completely off the boil, and last few years he's been very injury prone. Uh, I think he's had a, a leg break or two as well. Um, and my worry is that uh, uh, treatment room is already full enough um, without having to bring someone else up there I mean 
if we can get him fit, I think it'll be a good addition, good experience um, for a Premier League player. Um, I'm just a bit dubious. I mean, he's obviously a free transfer for a reason. He's um, he's been like with us and not another English Premier League or even Championship team for a reason at 32. But if we can get him fit, then potentially a good signing. But I'm just a bit dubious with the whole injury record, and yeah. we've got enough problems. We do. He's only 32. There's a few. Th- what was that, Chris? Is he only 32? 32. 32, aye. Uh, Seriously, he's been around for a lot, far longer than that. I think it was later 30s than that. But. I think as well he went bald fairly early, so he's always looked a bit older as well. But the, the situation would probably be as right. Yes, there to all that experience. If he hadn't had the, the bad injury, we wouldn't have been with hope and hell a chance of signing him. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the risk factor is if we sign him and then he breaks down again or doesn't get much fit, whatever, mm-hmm. are we, we're wasting a wage effectively or? To be a pay as you play, or is it a benefactor just to, for that signing? Because surely the money would have been spent in the summer transfer window. Yeah, I mean, we've we've had that risk with Tommy Hoban, and now he's out for a few months. I mean, he had an injury record and came here, played a couple of games against Burnley, and has hardly been seen since, apart from that game against Hibs. Uh, Wilson came, alright, he's playing now, but he was in the treatment table pretty much as soon as he got here. Um, and there's potential another one. I hope it is only a lot of pay as you play. Um, and he's just coming up here to um, use it as an opportunity to start getting fit again. Um, yeah. But The one thing I see. thought as well, though, was he was at Man City at the same time as Shea Logan. So whether he's maybe pals with Shea Logan, and Shea Logan's maybe said to him, maybe just chatting in general conversation about how good the team is, but I know that is at Aberdeen, good dressing room, etc., etc. Plus maybe as well, Stephen Allen maybe fancy the chance of maybe winning a trophy or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing big games right. but then it could work out I mean look at Malumbu um, as an example at Kilmarnock um, he had a bad injury record went to Kilmarnock had a short term deal did very well and then belatedly signed for Celtic don't know why it took Celtic three months to make that signing but only they can answer that um, so maybe Stephen mm-hmm. Allen's a similar opportunity um, you know a chance to get himself back playing build his confidence up and who knows what will happen so it could be a benefit both ways but I'm just a wee bit dubious, um, but I'm happy to be proven wrong if he does sign, if he does do well, because it hasn't been talked about that much, but we are missing um, Kenny McLean. He's not the same kind of player as Kenny McLean, but in terms of a link between midfield and forwards, he could be that um, player for us. Yeah, we've also got Lewis Ferguson to come back in, and by all accounts, Chris Forrester, uh, before he came to us, if you look at the, the forums, his previous teams, they have said, see if he's, he's on the game and he gets a run of games, confidence is up, he does well, but on the flip side, he can look anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he's starting to at least get off the bench a few times. So, whether maybe McInnes is trying to integrate him into the way we play, mm-hmm. possibly could be the, the case. Um, yeah. I don't know. Jury's out at the moment, but then... We've not really seen enough to judge him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, we've not seen enough of him to judge. And Gleason's another one that's been in and out of the team um, since he's come here. So we need our signs to hit the ground running. Um, It was just a shame that Frank Ross and Scott Wright got injured pretty much straight after that St. Murn game. Um, When it looks as though they they were staking a a place with um, a case of playing the team. But that's just been the way it's been for us this season. We've not been helped by injuries and... Um, we'll just need to wait and hopefully get our, once we get our best players back 
we'll hopefully see a better Aberdeen team. Um, Aye, start well, so Saturday. Game, mind you. True, but we've not been great. Like, just too many draws. Too many draws. Yeah. Um, and it's that tight. But part of my heart's been a wee bit ahead. It's mm-hmm. pretty tight. Uh, Second, no, seven, seven. Seven. Two points behind Rangers right. are second. <laughs> so, and we, we have had, I would say, what, maybe at least two or three difficult fixtures mm-hmm. against teams in the top six last season. Yeah, I think we've played most of the top six for last season. In fact, I think my virtual. Well, Celtic will complete that this weekend in our first seven games. We've not played Hart. But they were. Oh, sorry, I forgot about that. But then Hearts on the flip side, they won't have still to play Hibs, Rangers, Aberdeen, I think. Yep. Yep. The Hearts won this game with Celtic at home. And they won that. They won Bridge Conference, so they could. There's nothing to say they, they can't just continue winning, but. Yeah. Hearts um, more obviously what happened against Livingston. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to tell anything really until you've. Everybody's played. Everybody wants. So once we've played 11 games, we'll see. But we're already more than halfway to that. But, I mean, I mean, I'm just looking at the way the fixtures are falling. Um, the Rangers are obviously not playing until Sunday. Um, if Hibs lost to St Mirren and Kilmarnock lost to Motherwell and Aberdeen beat Celtic, Aberdeen go second. That's how tight it is at the moment. Um, so yeah, it's it's the, the, there's there's a lot of it. What we played, so we've only played six games. There's another thirty-two to go. Yeah, <laughs> I think. A bit of it last year as well. We've seen it already last year, but there's more teams that are capable of taking points off the top teams. As in, yeah, that, that's it. I mean, we've seen that already. Yeah, I mean, that's... I was talking about Celtic going to take one point for nine in their away games, but I mean, Rangers drew at Motherwell, uh, drew at Aberdeen. Um, they've got Livingston coming up. That's not going to be easy away from home either. Uh, they, lost against, they lost against uh, the, they lost the Celtic, the yeah. Celtic yeah, that was a, that was a third of game so they, they've only taken two points for nine mm-hmm. and that's the difference it's like they're a point ahead of Celtic mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's been rules reversed from last season for Rangers because last season home form was their Achilles heel away from they were actually yeah. pretty decent and now that's they've won every home game scoring goals for fun um, but it is away from home it's been a bit of a struggle um, but speaking about struggling, um, Dundee still on Neil Poir. Um Still have Neil McCann. Aye, I think this. I Unbelievably, think... I thought he was going to get a sack this week because I agree with you. I thought they were going to bring somebody new and that new manager bounce for the, the upcoming Hamilton game. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously not. You wonder though. Give them a chance. If Hamilton went, that is gone. Surely. You wonder what kind of yeah. wages on though, because remember they obviously got the job temporary. And then said, oh, no, he didn't fancy it. And then all of a sudden he was manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently. So maybe it's a situation whereby Dundee are still thinking, well, yeah, we're pointless, but St. Mirren and Motherwell are only four points ahead. Get a win against Hamilton in the weekend, you're only three points behind them. Yeah, so, but if they, if they lose and go nine points behind Hamilton after seven games, um, there's no way back for um, Neil McCann. And I think no, if I won't win that game, they're done. He, yeah. he must be done. Right. I think the so, I think that's been hinted as well that um, he'll be going after the Hamilton game. Um, but then whoever goes in, to, I mean, I'm not. He's also not been sacked yet. But um, whoever, if he does go, and Kenny Miller steps in, for example, or someone else comes in, 
got a pretty poor squad to work with because defensively they are horrendous. I mean, the goals mm-hmm. again that they lost at the weekend. Um, and I'm hearing the media telling us uh, they look good in patches. Dundee, where? They're not scoring goals or conceding goals for fun. I've not seen this good football. <laughs> I think they. Do, I, th- I mean, I think they do create some chances, but aye, the finishing is pretty dreadful as well as I'm being bad at the back. So that combination yeah. just leads to one thing: aye. relegation. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't score goals. You can't get them out. Mm-hmm. Aye. But their city rivals made sure that Falkirk were still pointless at the weekend I saw in the championship. Which kept Laszlo hanging on again. In, in the Dundee sack race. Yeah. <laughs> I think Laszlo's in a better position than McGann at this point. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're up there challenging. I mean, again, that's, that's another division that seems to be changing every week. Because, I mean, they're going to the top last week. Um but they're only a point ahead of Inverness and two ahead of United North County. And that only happened because Inverness and North County were in the, the, the Ding Dong Highland Derby last weekend and it was a 0-0 draw. Yeah. <laughs> so they were able to sneak ahead of them. But, yeah. I mean, even further down, you've got Martin and Nine, Thistle and Nine, Queen of South and Eight. It's... Five, point... think... <laughs> Five points to the top seven. Yeah. And it was me tipping Duff Herman, wasn't it? <laughs> See, just going back quickly to the the Premier League uh, St Mirren obviously get a good result against Celtic talk about how they need to follow that with a good performance and then Hammond beat them 2-0 Aye I think they've they're looking to sign Simeon Jackson um, who once upon the time got Norwich into the Premier League um, Yeah I've seen that yeah I think um, he scored in a bounce game didn't he Hat-trick in a bounce game Mirren, Hat-trick mm-hmm. Aye so But that's the sort of game where Hibs can easily slip up um, so you never know but I think Owen Carey knows he's got a lot of work to do. Because um, that's a new team that yeah. suffered for confidence when Alan, um, under Alan Stubbs for whatever reason. And now he's come in. Um, I, they got the reaction at the first game against Celtic. Um, although they were up against 10 men as well. But to go down 3 0 at Hamilton was pretty poor in the way they conceded the goals. But from a Hamilton perspective, they go into their weekend game full of confidence after getting that, that win when they were struggling. Are we wanting to cover any of the refereeing decisions at the weekend or not? No possible red cards or that? I'll just skip it, skip by it. I don't think there was that many. For once. Robinson in the Hearts Levy game. Do you know if you remember? Hmm. The Robinson challenge. I don't remember, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, that's right, we'll just skip by it then. Never happened. Um, <laughs> Typical referee. I've seen uh, Wraith no, Rovers no. appointed um, a new manager, well, when I say a new manager, they went back to one of their old, uh, John McGlynn, who was there, what was it, 2010-2011, he nearly got Wraith Rovers promoted, but he's been out of the game for a while. I did not get back in that job. Well, I'm interested to see how they go in, I mean they're four points behind our growth, which is a bit of a surprise, I don't think anybody really attacked our growth about them. Um, but yeah, let's wait and see how it pans up. That's another t- I mean, from second Wraith Rovers, 13 points, to Stennis Muir in 10th, the gap's 7 yeah. points there as well. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the championship, but there's 7 points between 9 teams. 
Uh, it's, it was, it's kind of, League 2 is a bit more stretched it. Because Albion Rovers are looking like they're in trouble already. Um, at the bottom. Edinburgh City have started really well. Peter and Clyde are kind of chasing down down. And then there's a bit of space down there. And a wee bit of space down to Elgin. It's just stretched out a wee bit more than the other divisions. We also had the Scottish Cup at the weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Talbot, Talbot having a big long trip to win. Yes. To get another big long trip. Aye. <laughs> but no, we got a short trip now, aye. Three, only, three, only about three hours or so. Um, <laughs> Who did they get again? So, Cove Rangers. Oh, top yeah. of the Highland League. So, tough task. Yeah. Well, good luck when that comes round. And then maybe next round you'll get... Um, East Fife or something, just to make it a wee bit shorter. I will say East Fife would be like, that would be like going round the corner, compared to, I couldn't work. How do you get on the way to fourth round on a big team that being like Ross County? <laughs> well, the thing, always, the, thing always, the thing always dread is the possibility that it gets to the stage where Aberdeen and Talbot play each other. Obviously I'm an Aberdeen fan before my Talbot fan, but... Um, I might not be allowed back in the house for a while. <laughs> At least if you've got a ticket for Aberdeen Talbot, you're benefiting both games. Both teams. Well, I. Where's that? Would you want a replay? <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I, no. No, not even. No, just, just that way, I hope it never happens. I mean, obviously, there was a time when. Uh, it was against Hearts. Aye. So. Well, I remember it well. Aye. Hearts struggled well, and bit, still went on to win the cup that year, which just shows you. Aye, there you go, aye. Aye. Light, light uh, goal was. Well, it was a light chance for Talbot and no doubt. Aye. So. Hearts, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, we touched on the injuries when they were Europe. Obviously, they're a pretty routine winning the uh, cup, and then it was fairly routine in the league as well. But starting to score as well was a uh-huh. yep. good few goals. Getting the goals, so I mean, they're, they're, it's not they're not keeping clean sheets really, but um, it doesn't really matter at this point. <laughs> no. They were keeping clean sheets early in the season, but I mean, I mean they've kept clean sheets against Air Dundee, but that's the team that's one of the twelve and thirteen teams in Scotland. <laughs> See, see, going back to where we started at the the whole decision today, Doncaster said all the teams were in agreement. Yeah, or seemed um, to suggest all the teams were in agreement. That was the report earlier on was they were going to consult with teams to make sure everyone was happy with the decision, but obviously not because Aberdeen said it's appalling. So somebody's lying, yeah. and I'm not exactly inclined to say it's Aberdeen because Aberdeen wouldn't come out and say it was appalling if they agreed. Well, so. We've already been. Well, is Don Caster saying that all teams are in agreement um, by way of that? Well, this was a contract you boys signed at the start of the season, or, or whenever it was, um, that all the games had to play at Hampton. That's what we're doing here, so shut up. Aye. Aye. We seem to be the only team that's come out and said anything. And I think we'll be the only team. Um, oh. because you know, it's not an inconven- a total inconvenience for Hearts to go through to, to Glasgow on a Sunday um, at, co- at quarter to eight. And I mean, I get the points that you guys made rightly about yeah. the, the getting home, but from Hearts football perspective, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, it's a bigger it's, it's deal for a Aberdeen. Major, 
disadvantage for Aberdeen to have to do this. It's a minor disadvantage for Hearts to have to do this. Celtic Rangers, nah, not really. Aye. The, only, the only real disadvantage for Celtic here is that they're playing second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we don't know which state picture we're in. Um, but Rangers, once they kick off on a Sunday, and in Glasgow, does it really affect them? Really I mean, is this just another excuse for um, Scottish football not to give money to Scottish rugby and another excuse not to use Murrayfield, which I find a wee bit harsh when you consider that um, Pataudry, Rugby Park, and I think a couple of stadiums have hosted rugby internationals. So, yeah. but there are but is, I don't think that would have worked too well either because you'd have still had fans travelling all over the joint. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it would have been more logistic. As many fans as that would be ridiculous. The, the problem started is they know the calendar at the start of the season. It should never have come to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I get yeah, I get all that. I mean, the, the scheduling could have been better. Maybe what they should have done was had the semi-finals um, the weekend after or the weekend in between the two European dates. Um, that would have been more sensible, but it shouldn't be following Europa League games. Aye. That's that simple. Aye, they knew it at the time. So, but I mean, they would have been hopeful. I mean, we'd all have been hopeful that Rangers and Aberdeen would have been in the Europa League mm-hmm. at this stage, and the Celtic were in the Champions League. That was the that was where we started. Mm-hmm. Now it turned out the Celtic Rangers are the teams that are in the Europa League. So, um, had it worked out that way, then maybe it'd have been fine at Aberdeen and Durham Rangers because you could just get to play the Sunday, so I think you could play the Saturday and everything would be fine. <laughs> but imagine all three of them had been in the Europa League. <laughs> that'd be nice. No. But, aye, it was just. If all three of them had been in the Europa League, there was no way the draw was going to be made that it wasn't going to have to be both games in the same day. And they were that, so. Oh. I mean, you can't even point to it. It was unlucky that Celtic Rangers weren't drawn together. Aye. I mean, how dare Celtic Rangers um, be in the Europa League and try and do something for Scottish football? It's shocking. I mean, to be fair, Celtic should probably be in the Champions League, but they weren't good enough. But it's still good for Scottish football. The two of them are in this competition. And this is just after we've had George Pete and bleating and moaning about his biggest regret in Scottish football was one chairman phoned them up to say, Gone and no help Rangers. And he ignored them. <laughs> Years ago. Uh, aye. I don't know. I, I still don't know why that guy got dragged out of the grave from what I've like, dragged the, There was no good there was no good in that statement, um him coming out and no George Pete for me sums up what was a lot what was wrong with Scottish football. He ran Airdrie um into the into the gutter. Um I don't think Stenis Muir in a healthy position when he left him and then he was president of Scottish football. Yeah, the man's a parasite. Um yeah. and, they should yeah. just have put the dinosaur in charge. Remember, they brought one a dinosaur in a press conference. They should just have put the dinosaur in charge. Never mind him. Done a better job. Yeah. But think, yeah, think it means as a poss- the whole thing no being possibility are closer to being getting changed with Scottish Scottish football. Or no? Because yeah. they had the thing the other week. The appeals and all that. Come on, I can Aberdeen. Aye. The, the appeals process. I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I mean, I reckon the appeals process panel would be a far better setup if it was ex-players that were on it, not ex-referees. Just get the ex-players to learn the rules properly. Because mm-hmm. at least they would give a different perspective on things. I don't understand why they all have to, why they have to be ex-referees who are usually going to side the referee anyway. Yeah. Um, and then they all get, they do, they do it separately. 
maybe even a mixture. Just, yeah, just combine it. Uh, even a mixture, X players, players and X referees. Aye. Aye. All, all they need to know is know the rules of the game, mm-hmm. and then they can look at the incidents and do it together. Come to a collective decision. Don't come to this. All three of them have to agree to change it. Yeah. Right, exactly. But that's too sensible, Chris. And we've discussed already. It's sensible, and you know the regulators of our game. And it's a shame because. There's a lot of good things to be talked about in Scottish football. We're in a much better position, in my opinion, um, than we have been for five or six years, possibly longer. Um, there's some entertaining games happening. Um, some of our teams are looking stronger. Um, balance sheets are looking a lot better. But everything that gets brought down all comes from the SFA and SPFL. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's those that run the game that are the problem, not the not not the teams that are in it, not the fans, not the the players. It's just. It's the governance of the game that's a mess. It doesn't need to be this way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you say we're probably stronger than we have been for ages, but I mean, the one thing that's probably missing is the national team doing qualifying for something. Um be nice if we went to Germany in 2024, that was announced today. Yeah, I've seen that. Good choice. Um, but yeah, I think so, yeah. I was either in Turkey. I don't think Turkey would have done a bad job, but they went not much. But obviously, Germany hosted the World Cup in 2006. Um, and I went myself. That was a fantastic setup. So there'll be no problems with that whatsoever. Yeah. That should be a, a great tournament. Hopefully, Scotland can beat them. That's the second time um, the Turks have been down at the Euros because they went for Euros 2016 and lost out to France. Yeah. So they'll be feeling a bit hard done by. Um, will they bother for uh, 2028? We don't know. Um, Maybe. They might. We shall see. Um, but I mean, the, the other side of things that's, that's quite strong at the moment is the women's game, because we've talked about the women qualifying for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently they've been given money for the government, which is going to let the Scottish women become full-time ahead of it. That's good news. Good. Uh, tonight, uh, Glasgow City have reached the last 16 of the Champions League. Uh, they lost 1-0, but because that was the second leg, they won 2-0 in the first leg, so they're through. Um, that, should, that's, that bodes well. We did have two places in the Champions League for women. Um but we've kind of dropped into one. Hopefully, Glasgow City can continue their run in the Women's Champions League and give get that second place back. So, yeah, I think that's what it's just for. Yeah. I want to say the beat Barcelona, but that's what it's Sematio Barcelona. Aye. <laughs> I don't know if you... I might as well doubt that slightly. I don't know if I did or not, but um, all players are to be full-time up to the World Cup for yeah. government funding. That's, that's yeah, great I news. Kind of it, but yeah, I mean, that's good to see the government actually taking a bit of an interest in something that's uh, important to the Scottish economy, as football is. Um, hopefully, I mean, they're certainly taking an interest in the women's game as well, which is good. Uh, I mean, I think there's even talking talking about Hamden. Um, Sturgeon said something about that yesterday. I've never actually caught everything about it, but just uh, the, the headline of it caught my attention. So maybe, maybe that'll help get the handing up to up to scratch that it needs to be mm. we shall see <sighs> see going back to the, the I know hopping back to the like, cup then you can't even play, uh, say anything about the, the TV contract no because the TV contract I don't imagine would have anything in it saying I will play both the same as in the same day no they wouldn't have no, BT. No, BT would have got the rights to show both games, um, so it's just a matter of BT scheduling it. I don't think BT will do it on a Monday night, will they? <laughs> they play it in. They're, they're obviously happy to schedule it two games in one day and Sunday. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, they were expecting the Saturday and the Sunday. They wouldn't have foreseen this for circumstance, and they wouldn't have um, objected if it had been at two separate stadiums on the Sunday. Um, I suppose they won't bother too much if it's on the sun um, at Hamden, but they will probably talk about it because BT don't talk, um, don't talk these issues. Um, yeah. And one thing I, I've got to say um, about BT Sport is we also really like Derek Ray as a commentator. Um, you know, one of the best, and it was going to be hard to replace, but. I'm liking Rory Hamilton. I think he's doing very yeah. well as a commentator. I think he's very good. It's, I mean, it's funny. I never really have a problem with the commentator himself. Mm-hmm. Derek Ray was on this podcast once. Great. Fantastic commentator. Probably my favourite. Ian Crocker's a terrific commentator as guy as well. He's the one thing I like about Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually the co-commentators is the problem. I mean... I'm never a big fan of Stephen Craig being involved because he's actively involved at Motherwell. It's the same as Chris Boyd writing comments and um, newspapers about opposing teams, which he did this week. Uh, if you're actively involved in the game, why are you not being pulled up in disrepute every so often? I don't mm-hmm. understand how you can get away with some of the things you say. Um, Chris Sutton likes to mix up. Um I, I like Sutton. I mean, I, I obviously loved him as a player. Um, he talks up our game very well. He does talk up our game. But, I mean, and this is one of the things. It gets slated for, oh, you're always wanting to pick the fight with somebody. But when it comes to Scottish football, he talks up. He defends it, which is yeah. unusual. For uh, I mean, most of the, the, the Scottish pundits up here like to talk it down. Um, Sutton obviously been English. Played in the Premiership. Won the Premiership. Um, so you know he knows the level, and yeah. he played in it. And so yeah, well, it's it's good to see some of him talking it up. Mm-hmm. Like um, Michael Stewart. Yeah, yeah, I'm, and I, Stephen I'm, Thompson. Aye, like I mean this is the thing. Sports scene, the the two of them are the kind of regulars on sports scene. They they are usually pretty good to listen to. I, Stephen Thompson doesn't hide his bias for St Mirren, obviously, mm-hmm. but we all know that, and yeah. he, he he keeps it to a minimum. He does it quite well. Yeah. Um, just like, you know what it reminds me of? Laurie, that used to be this podcast that does the Hearts TV commentary these days. <laughs> he can be quite reserved when it comes to Hearts. He's obviously a Hearts fan, obviously commentating on Hearts TV. He does tend to be reserved at times. <laughs> he, know, he, know, he, knows, he knows the line. Yeah. <laughs> you don't always get that. <laughs> the, the, the guy Tom on the Rangers TV for a, or Tom Boyd is the TV. No, forget it. You're like, they're just 100% biased. <laughs> But yeah, aye, the yeah. point was Rory Hamilton's done a really good job. So, yeah, credit to him. It's hard to use to film, but he's done a really good job of it. And I much prefer him. Uh, the, they occasionally got Rob McLean to do commentary on uh, what, the Champions League, which they had to run the last couple of seasons. I can't stand Rob McLean as a commentator. He's dreadful. Yeah, I think he'll have... Especially on the radio. The number of times I listen to Rob McLean on the radio and I have no idea what's just happened for like 10 seconds till somebody explains what's happened it's, it, it just, he, he thinks he can see it I think sometimes which is just appalling for a, a radio commentator well, speaking of the radio I mean one thing that does irk me a bit um, is you know, their commentary from the studio when it comes to Rangers games and this dispute they've got going surely that's got to end at some point um, you know, cause... I get this comes back to governance surely there's contracts in place 
I think it's the BBC that are choosing not to send people there because they're protesting yeah. over um, Chris McLaughlin being banned. But, but surely yes, that, I, that would have been... I, I, I agree the principle on that one, yeah. but somebody needs to step in and say, look, Aye. BBC, you have the contract here. You're not providing the service you were uh, contracted to do. Mm-hmm. Sort this out or we'll turn up the contract. Mm-hmm. Aye. And but that... they're too scared. They don't want to lose money. Aye. So as far as I can see, BBC are in breach of contract for not doing it properly. And Chris McLaughlin tried to weasel his way back in by, you know, promoting Derek McInnes to Rangers, and that fell flat in his face last season. Which um, the ask kissing that BBC do for Rangers is ridiculous for some they're not com- cooperating with properly. No. I don't understand it at all. Yeah, it's weird, but it's just a shame that the listener can't listen to you know. Interviews with Stephen Gerrard and even the opposition manager. I mean, there was times where the opposition manager had to phone after the game from the team bus. Um, yeah, it's know, that, that's the annoying part. It's, it's not just the fact that Rangers won't cooperate, it's the fact he can't get anybody at Ibrox. Yeah. Aye. They need to draw a line there somewhere so that we can Aye. listen to it all fairly. But that's a nice way to end on a positive note. <laughs> Aye. It's been a busy one. I didn't expect Isn't a busy one, John. <laughs> but it's actually run all right for time. Yeah. We've had ones before that have run about 90 minutes. Aye. But I think we've covered everything we wanted to cover. Aye. Aye, definitely. Unless there's anything else you guys can think of, but I think... No, I think the the, the, the missing podcast, uh, we covered quite a bit in that as well. We will come back to the C-section. When we play Israel. <laughs> in the, the next couple of weeks so um, yeah we, we could probably recap what happened previously at that point uh, you, you'll maybe find it on the editor's edition uh, you can get that at the end of the season um, all good retailers for, for a small price the director's cut yeah <laughs> good luck finding the recording of it aye uh, well <laughs> right cheers guys aye cheers. cheers look forward to Royal Rumble and the Betty Fed Cup semi-final Thank <laughs> you.